0: Uh, we threw a big one in the harbor here and then i haven't heard of any since is that well known by the way like do you guys know of the boston tea party
1: it's because of the tax we put on tea right
0: yes we didn't feel that that king george should be taxing our tea yeah uh, because who is he to do so
1: which is why americans known for their coffee drinking
0: This week on Random and Memorable, oh Anna God. brings you her attempt at an American accent. That was
2: so good.
1: Was that terrible? I dropped my
2: microphone. It was that there good. Were
1: coffee drinking. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we're we gonna jump into some Watchtower Weekly.
0: Yeah, let's do a little Watchtower Weekly. Uh, BBC reports that Google finds indiscriminate iPhone attack lasting years. Uh, this is uh, from some researchers at Google's Project Zero. Security researchers at Google say they've found a number of malicious websites which, when visited, could quietly hack into a victim's iPhone by exploiting a set of previously undisclosed software flaws. Google's Project Zero said that the websites were visited thousands of times per week by unsuspecting victims. They did not say what the websites are, by the way, so uh, we, we don't know what they are. Simply visiting the hack site was enough for the exploit server to attack your device, and if it was successful, install a monitoring implant, says Ian Beer, a security researcher at Project Zero. Now, what's interesting about Project Zero is that their goal is to find zero-day flaws, which means basically means that a company has zero days to fix it. This is something that's in the wild. It's already out there. This is not something where a security researcher finds something and then tells the company, and then they have you know a certain amount of time in order to fix it this is these are attacks that are out there that are active that that companies don't have a chance to to respond to in the normal manner that where sort of white hat hackers or researchers find flaws like this
2: yeah i i knew some elements about this one but uh apple haven't commented yet which is a little worrying like obviously they always put out the fix first most of the time before they they comment do we know whether this one's been fixed has it been patched
1: it has yeah
2: oh it has okay Great. But yeah, this is uh this is a pretty bad one. The fact that it's been out there for so long is uh is is not not very nice.
1: Yeah, apparently it could be one of the largest ever conducted against iPhone users. And the vulnerability could be used to steal users' photos and messages, as well as track their location in near real time.
0: The researchers said they discovered attackers were using 12 separate security flaws. Oh my god, 12. Uh, In order to compromise the devices, most were bugs within Safari, the default web browser on Apple products. Some allowed an attacker to gain root access to the device, the highest level of access and privilege on an iPhone. In doing so, an attacker could gain access to the device's full range of features, normally off limits to the user. This is this is sort of the thing with with iOS. Like that's that's always been the case, right, is that you can't sort of go outside of your your own sandbox as an application developer. And each each app has its own sandbox that typically prevents something like this not the case here, though. They've found some way around it, which is not great.
1: Yeah, and another interesting aspect of the story is I think, obviously, recently, Apple increased its maximum bug bounty payout to one million for security researchers. So Google could be in for a pretty or well, could be eligible for a pretty hefty payout here with sort of several million dollars in bounties. Now, I wonder
0: if that goes right to Project Zero or
2: what. Yeah. Like, how, how is this paid out? I wonder whether it goes to the kind of specific research team to, to add a bit more competition. Yeah, like, there's got to be a bonus
0: tied to this, right? Like, if I if I were Google and I had this, this Project Zero uh, group... I would totally be like, yeah, like if you find something, you get a portion of it. Absolutely. If there's if
2: there's a bounty on it, you totally get get a portion of it. So I think we can move on. So this is about uh, Twitter's CEO, Jack Dorsey, uh, and and how his account was hacked, uh, according to uh, The Verge. But that actually isn't technically what happened. So his, his actual Twitter account w- was not compromised. But the do you remember... I'm I'm thinking like a couple of years ago, this was popular when you could SMS in your tweets. So, yes, I remember that. I also remember when it had AOL instant messenger integration. So, yeah, the the system that allows you to tweet via SMS, they successfully managed to get a hold of his number through a a sim hack uh, type approach and, uh, yeah, started tweeting as him. Yeah, they they tweeted some not very nice things. I'm sure they weren't Jack Dorsey's own opinions.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. Hasn't his account been hacked before, back in 2016 as well?
0: Yeah, I feel like I remember hearing that that this isn't this wouldn't be the first time that
2: this happened. Yeah, this is also the uh, the same group that that went after uh, YouTubers, uh, I believe, using a, a similar approach. It
1: just seems so easy. No, it shouldn't be that easy, should it? Yeah,
2: I mean the, they they said that the phone number associated with the account was compromised due to security oversight by the mobile provider. And you know exactly like, you know, if you ring up your your mobile provider, you you don't really need to give that many details for them to move your your SIM over. They're moving very slowly into into kind of email verification and, and a few other things. But I think mobile phone providers really need to do a better job in, in protecting against this because it, it's the primary way that people steal usernames and, and stuff like that as well, um, which is kind of growing in, in popularity, unfortunately.
1: And it doesn't really matter if you have 2FA right because you can get around it if you yeah
2: i mean i'm sure he had all the you know things set up by his technical team Mm -hmm. and and it and it made no difference because they just stole his mobile number and and managed to get in like that i always used to put my mobile number on my signature of my emails because um you know people need to get in contact with me but now i don't do that (laughs) (laughs) the actual security advice that people have kind of been given about this is is use google voice um which unfortunately we don't have in the uk but the the way that people are saying that this protects you is something that they don't have which is human customer support so there's no way with a google voice that someone can ring up pretending to be you all all your stuff is kind of online and, and through your account where things like 2fa would help but yeah if you have one of those old style normal mobile providers then uh yeah, make sure to ring them up and, and add some sort of layer of security on.
0: Yeah, I have a like a security passcode on my account. So there's like my username and password, but then after I log in with that, then there's like a second security phrase, which I've is you know gibberish generated by one password for me, that I then also have to copy and paste in in order to to access my account, and presumably that that protects me from
2: from things like this. Maybe. I'm,
0: I, I, I hope. Yeah,
2: I mean, I, I wouldn't have thought so, right? Because what happened here is they obviously rung up the mobile provider and and literally, essentially social engineered them into believing that they were Jack Dorsey, which is, you know, the poor customer service agent obviously didn't know who Jack Dorsey was because they didn't like go, excuse me, to the boss and say i i've got it's the ceo, CEO of, of,
1: twitter. of
2: twitter on the phone uh asking me to to reset their phone number should i do this <laughs> um yeah i i it's the it's the human interaction element that is the the lowest point of, of the security which i really think just has to be fixed on the on the mobile provider
1: must be so embarrassing for Jack, so well. <laughs> I have to call him by his first name, Jack Dorsey. Well,
2: yeah, I mean, you you
0: are personal friends, so for sure.
1: Yeah, exactly. We're we best buds. <laughs> but if you're the CEO of such a high profile company like this, it must be you know a bit of a hit to your pride and quite embarrassing to be hit by something and targeted by something like this. I mean,
0: maybe I maybe also it's just expected. You're like, oh, that sucks. I saw that coming.
2: Yeah, it's it is really an interesting one. Like being the the CEO of a of a huge company, you have like 360 degrees of, of your view of, into different things. And your own personal security is such a small slice.
0: It, it is an interesting question. Like I sort of assume that he has a team right that it at a certain size you have a team of people like the jack dorsey team right that that are out there and sort of like well sir you've got these meetings today and by the way we've your phone has been hacked but the security guys are on it and it shouldn't happen like does he have that aspect of it controlled to a degree or is it like no it's my personal phone like yeah i added it to my account what of it you guys you don't have any control over that i'll take yeah. care of it
1: like this shocks me more him getting hacked as opposed to like a reality TV star getting hacked, for example. I just assume that he has some sort of base level or team to avoid this sort of stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would too. If there are any, you know, CEOs out there that are wanting support on uh, on what to do in, in cybersecurity, please tweet us at one password. I'm sure we can get in touch <laughs> with the hashtag Ask One Password.
0: <laughs> what do I do about my personal cell phone security? Hashtag Ask One Password. <laughs>
2: So what are we talking about this week, Anna? So
1: this week in Hacks Revisited, we're going to go through the Equifax hack of 2017. So if you don't know already, Equifax is one of the three large American credit monitoring agencies. So this kind of in itself made it one of the largest repositories for Americans' most sensitive financial data, which the company kind of sliced and diced and sold to banks and hedge funds. You know, they track everything from payments on credit cards, mortgages, student loans, and utility bills to determine your credit score. So you might remember us briefly mentioning them a few weeks ago as they were recently fined up to $700 million by the FTC in relation to this 2017 hack. So as it's quite timely, I thought we would go through this one. I'm
0: really glad we're talking about this uh, just because it's, it is so so recent and everything. Uh, Matt, you want to take us through a little bit of like
2: what actually happened here? So the breach was discovered on July 29th and an announcement was published around september 7th uh it wasn't the largest hack of or or breach of all time and not even in 2017 but it was still one of the largest and and kind of the worst in history and the the data was really sensitive too so in a way the equifax hack has uh, had much more potential for damage considering the types of data stolen Um, At the time, it was thought that approximately 143 million US consumers were affected, uh, which later increased to 145.5. Many news outlets were noting that this was more than half the American population, or one in every two Americans.
3: Credit monitoring company, Equifax, is dealing with growing fallout this morning over its massive data breach. The personal data of 143 million Americans
4: was exposed this summer. Another week, another news story about a massive data breach. But this time, the company involved is one of the ones in charge of monitoring your credit. And the hack appears to have involved some serious negligence on their part.
3: Equifax's announcement yesterday might be the biggest and most significant yet. One out of every two Americans stands to be a victim. 143 million Americans. That is more than half of us. So yeah. you got a 50 50 shot that you've been exposed. Half of all Americans potentially exposed their highly sensitive personal information now in the hands of hackers. The sheer number of people who could be potentially affected is what's so striking about this particular attack. I mean, this is like Hurricane Irma size proportions affecting U.S. customers. The data breach involved the names, addresses, social security numbers, birth dates, and even driver's license information for. 143 million people. In addition,
4: roughly 209,000 credit card numbers were stolen. Social security number. It's your name. It's your address. It's your driver's license information. It's your employers. It's your payment history. It's what bank accounts you have. It is, if you were an identity thief, it is a gold mine, or the holy grail, as one person described it to me.
2: It's also worth knowing that many of these people were not even customers of Equifax, since the company makes a lot of its money from selling like credit reports and other products to lenders to evaluate their potential customers.
1: Yeah, that, that's rough. If you if you didn't even think that you were like a customer of Equifax and then you're suddenly getting notified, oh, your, your data might have been breached in this.
2: I mean, they had to understand that they were basically building a huge honeypot, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. So I was caught up in this. Uh, I did get an,
0: I get an email actually not that long ago that I could file a claim and and get part of the settlement uh, from this thing. So supposedly, I have a check for one hundred and twenty-five dollars headed my way, nice. uh, which is yeah. I mean, it's great.
1: <laughs> I mean, you'd rather have your data projected, but I think I'd
0: rather have, have my security. How much is my security worth? One hundred and twenty-five dollars. But yeah, no. So I've I, I definitely was caught up in this. So how did hackers break in? So to really understand the breach, we have to go back as far as March twenty seventeen. This is when a Chinese cybersecurity researcher uh, exposed a flaw in a popular backend software for web applications called Apache Struts. The information he provided to Apache, which was published along with a fix on March 6th, showed how the flaw could be used to steal data from any company using that software. The average American had no reason to notice Apache's post, but it did catch the attention of the global hacking community. And within 24 hours, the information was posted to freebuff.com, which is a Chinese security website. And it showed up the same day in a In metasploit which is a popular free hacking tool so the apache foundation went ahead and and patched the secure vulnerability in the apache struts java framework prompting the u.s cert to issue a security advisory on the same day warning companies across the u.s about the new security flaw so equifax it admins they sort of circulate this advisory on an internal mailing list but unbeknownst to to the it administrators the mailing list was out of date And it didn't include all the system administrators, indirectly leading to an incomplete patch of Equifax's servers. So this failure to patch was ultimately their downfall. That's where things really sort of went wrong for them. I
2: mean, their choice to use an internal mailing list was really their downfall. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, So before long,
0: hackers had penetrated Equifax's systems. Two days after the US cert advisory, Equifax detected attackers scanning its servers for that particular vulnerability. As a result of the scanning, the unidentified individuals discovered a server housing Equifax's online dispute portal running a vulnerable struts version. Attackers gained access to the system, tested the level of access they had, but did not steal anything at this time. So a week after the U.S. cert advisory, Equifax staff scans its own system for the presence of the struts vulnerability, but the dispute portal did not show up as vulnerable. That's another thing. Like what? (laughs) So out of date mailing list apparently don't have good inventory over the servers that they're running at their company because uh, they just completely failed to scan this one. There's there's a lot of things that that went wrong here. So by May 14th, the hackers return, this time with a plan and the proper tools to, to execute it. And during the second intrusion, Equifax's hackers issued queries from the online dispute portal system to other databases in search of personal data. This search led to a data repository containing personally identifiable information, as well as unencrypted usernames and passwords that could provide the attackers access to several other Equifax databases. This data helped attackers to expand their initial access from three databases to 48. I wanna know why Equifax is running forty eight different databases. That's just <laughs> that's just curiosity on my part. Logs showed attackers then ran approximately nine thousand queries to gather Equifax customer info. I mean once you're once you're in, like then it's just like well let's just poke around and see what see what we can find. Once you're writing one query, why not write nine thousand? Nine thousand, exactly. Uh, the GAO report says this happened because Equifax failed to segment its databases into smaller networks. This, in turn, allowed the attacker direct and easy access to all of its customer data. After successfully extracting PII from Equifax databases, the attackers removed the data in small increments using standard encrypted web protocols to to disguise the exchanges as normal network traffic. Hackers exfiltrated data for 76 days. Until July 29, 2017, when Equifax staff discovered the intrusion during routine checks of the operating status and configuration of IT systems. Equifax said that the reason hackers were not detected for 76 days was because a device meant to inspect network traffic had been misconfigured and didn't check encrypted traffic for signs of malicious activity. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's just one thing. Wow. Strike three. One thing after another. That's
1: not an excuse, is it? (laughs) No.
0: Uh, The reason the device didn't work, Equifax said, was because a digital certificate that would have helped the equipment inspect encrypted traffic had expired about 10 months before the breach, preventing the equipment from doing its job. As soon as Equifax staffers renewed the cert, they immediately saw signs of suspicious activities. Oh my gosh, like that's so bad. It's just, like you said, just hit after hit after hit. Check,
1: check, check.
3: A scathing new report finds one of the largest data breaches in the U.S. history was entirely preventable. A 14-month congressional investigation slammed credit monitoring agency Equifax for lacking preventative measures.
4: And it turns out that the hackers got in by taking advantage of a vulnerability that Equifax had plenty of time to fix, so Oops, I guess.
0: This breach could have been
4: prevented if Equifax would have followed some very basic things
0: when it comes to good digital system hygiene.
3: The 96-page report says Equifax failed to modernize its technology, failed to patch its systems when vulnerabilities were detected, and stored sensitive data on out-of-date and subpar systems. The
4: breach of Equifax's system using this vulnerability began in mid-May, two months after the vulnerability came Came to light. Why hadn't Equifax, a company that deals with literally everyone's data in the U.S., updated their system by then?
0: Nobody knows. All right. Okay. So clearly, a lot of things went wrong on the infrastructure side. But I'm assuming that 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 they handled it well. Like, once they once they figured it out, right, Anna? Like, they handled it <laughs> with grace
2: and pose and, 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 and everything was great.
1: Of course, Rue, That's why we're talking about this.
2: <laughs> okay, great. Let's- yeah, I mean, their, their operations team obviously didn't have the, the security support that they needed. But, you know, their PR company or, or their PR team, they definitely did, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, nobody really heard about this. It got swept under the rug, you know, because they dealt with it quickly, efficiently, and that was it. Uh,
2: I mean, they probably didn't. How did yeah. they actually? handle it
1: (laughs) (laughs) so i think that there's kind of two major issues here in terms of how they handled it so i'll kind of walk you through the first one so when Equifax finally went public with the intrusion on its systems, the company offered customers support in the form of a website, which was EquifaxSecurity2017.com.
2: That, that does not sound legit. EquifaxSecurity2017.com sounds like they're uh, bracing for one a year. <laughs> <laughs>
0: To me, it sounds like a website that the attackers set up to see if they could get even more of their people's personal data. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. This was designed specifically for customers to learn whether or not they were victims of the breach. So, people wanting to find out if their data had been compromised were told to visit this website and provide their last name and the sixth digit of their social security number which just seems kind of ridiculous as here people were giving up yet more sensitive information to see if they were in fact a victim of this data breach. I mean, just doesn't really make sense to me. Go to the website, EquifaxSecurity2017.com.
3: Just go there. I know you've been not trusting the information, but you must take this first step. You're going to put in the last six digits of your social and your last name. You're going to press a button. It's going to say you either were or were not affected. And Equifax, is offering
4: to help consumers like you and me but there's strings attached right? That's exactly right. You can go to Equifax's website and they give you if you put in your name and the six digits of your social security number they'll tell you if they think you might have been compromised. My
3: understanding is the recovery site has got known known vulnerabilities in it as well as the fact that it's being very slow in, in terms of being responsive and that many consumers are not able to even access that
1: So I'm sure for a few of you, kind of alarm bells are already ringing here and they certainly were for security experts around the time too. Um, These experts quickly noted that the website had many traits in common with a phishing website. For one, it was not hosted on a domain registered to Equifax. It had a flawed TLS implementation and oh ran God. on WordPress, which we all know is generally not considered to be the safest of applications. So these issues led OpenDNS to classify it as a phishing site and block all access. It was also shamefully unreliable and in some cases People visiting the site were told they were not affected, only to find that they would receive a different answer when they checked the site on their mobile phones using the same information. Equifax also offered those impacted with a one-year free credit monitoring service to all American citizens via its own in-house monitoring service.
3: If you put in your the six last digits of your social security number and request, I think it's that free one-year of credit monitoring, it bans you from participating in a class action lawsuit. So in order to get the one year of protection because of maybe the failure on some part of their
4: systems, you are now barred from entering into a class action lawsuit to get the company. It's a solution that also, if you sign up for it, you give up your right to potentially sue the company. You have to, any argument you have with them has to be settled by arbitration, which almost always goes in the company's favor.
1: So here's the real kicker. If you decided to take out this one year's free of credit monitoring, this meant that you forfeit your right to sue them and participate in any class action lawsuit against them in the future. You know, that, that's one of the major issues for me in terms of how they handled it. Did you find anything else, Matt?
2: So for me, the, the second shock in all this was the behavior of kind of some of the executives when the breach was detected on July 29th, a couple of days after four of the top managers sold a number of their shares in Equ- oh, Equifax. Oh my God. And they made sure that they did this between the discovery of the breach and before the public oh announcement. Oh my. God. I mean. <laughs> that is not cool. That is not cool. Uh, yeah. So the chief financial officer sold thirteen percent of their holdings uh, at at nine hundred and forty six thousand three hundred and seventy four dollars. The president of U.S. Information System Solutions sold nine percent of their holdings at five hundred and eighty four thousand. Between them, the executives collectively made almost one point eight million from the sale. Uh, by September twenty sixth, the CEO announces retirement and takes a, a ninety million dollar payout. <gasps> A nice coincidental retirement there.
3: Today, 36 senators called for federal investigations into three Equifax executives who sold stock before the breach went public, though the company has said
4: the execs didn't know of the breach. Several executives at the company, after they found out about the breach, sold about $1.8 million worth of stock in their company before this news got out. As one person said to me today, this uh, quote unquote stinks to high heaven.
1: Absolutely. So, but is that the end of it? The company says, you know, the executives did. No, and, and and this is it
4: i doubt this is the end of it i mean th- this is material information that, that right. one of the biggest hacks perhaps ever took place and and share sales happening so so closely after that before investors and the broader public knows about this happening so i'm sure that it's going to be looked in at, at the company level and perhaps also escalated up to regulators the timing is is rather
2: unfortunate and also of course raises questions The funny thing about this is that a special committee set up by Equifax's board conducted an investigation. And while this investigation determined that the four had no knowledge of the breach and that this was not considered insider trading, it didn't stop kind of rampant speculation about the executives. I'm sorry.
0: This is such bullshit.
2: I also think that an internal investigation by its very nature is is pretty biased right yeah Yeah. Uh, and I
1: mean it doesn't stop them look bad like regardless of if they knew or not, just this news must have seemed so sensational <laughs> when it came out.
2: Yeah, in in the wake of like such a large breach and, and prior to it being publicly announced, yeah, it just it just looks terrible. Uh, but Equifax at the time said that the executives had no knowledge that the intrusion had occurred and said that the sales were were part of a pre-scheduled trading plan mm. uh, by March two thousand and eighteen. After a U.S. Justice Department investigation, it was found that Equifax's former chief information officer was actually charged with insider trading. Uh, So it turns out they used the confidential information that the company's systems had been hacked to dump his stock before the news was made public. Like, yeah. uh, 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 How how do you not realize that that's a bad idea and you're going to get caught for that? Yeah. I just think doing anything like that is a huge alarm bell. Especially when we're talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars of stock. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. So I love this this next part. Yeah. So three days later, he searched the web to research the effect that a 2015 <laughs> breach had on experienced stock price. Uh, he, he then began researching all of his available stock options. Yeah. So the, the former executive made more than $1 million from the sale, uh, according to a federal complaint, avoiding more than $117,000 in, in losses. Yikes. So, uh, a former Equifax engineer who was also working on uh, EquifaxSecurity2017.com reassuringly uh, was also charged with uh, insider trading connected to the to the breach, and um, yeah. So the, the former CEO Richard Smith uh, blamed a single employee for causing the data breach by failing to communicate. The requirement of the patch to its systems. He said Human error was the individual who was responsible for communicating in the organization to apply the patch did not. Wow. <sighs> I mean, <laughs> throw someone under the bus, sure, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Smith's salary for 2016, the previous year, was $1.45 million. Uh, he made an additional $3.04 million in, in bonuses. In
1: fact, he retired straight after as well, I don't feel it gives him the right to make that comment. <laughs>
0: and then, and just to remind everybody, the
2: retirement was a $90 million payout. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's not, you know. You you can say, like, guilt is an emotion and money can't take away emotions, but I don't know, 90 million sure washes away a lot of guilt. <laughs> it's weird to blame a single individual because it, it's probably the case that security just wasn't taken seriously at the company for him to actually do anything. Like, even if it was down to one person whose responsibilities were updating each individual server and, and applying the patch... It's, um yeah, security is so much more of a uh, kind of a, a thing that happens in the entire company. Like a culture. So, you know, we know this can't be the default of one individual. This is a, a company wide issue. Yeah, for sure. Do we know actually who carried out this attack?
1: Well, not really. As with a lot of these kind of data breaches, like it never really comes to light who's actually behind it. There are some rumors that it may have been a state sponsored hack. There are even hints that it might be the work of Chinese intelligence agents, although it's still not yet clear who's responsible. First, the hackers could have been anyone, but there were several reports that there was certainly a point where it looked like the breach was kind of handed over to a more sophisticated team of hackers. This handoff is is among the evidence that led some investigators to suspect a nation-state was behind the attack. Many of the tools used were Chinese in origin and they found many similarities to previous China-backed hacks. The health insurance firm Anthem was a breach that they noted felt quite similar to this one. But others involved in the investigation aren't so sure, saying the evidence is inconclusive at best or points in other directions. So yeah, it's Still really inconclusive at this stage.
2: And and this whole kind of massive information, it, it, it isn't publicly available on the internet anyway, right?
1: No. If the Equifax breach was a purely criminal act, surely you would expect at least some of that stolen data, especially credit card numbers that were taken to show up for sale, say on the black market, but that hasn't happened. So whoever got hold of it wasn't surely in much... Rushed profit from it.
2: So I mean, that's even more worrying, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. If it was public, at least there would be some kind of hmm, okay. That's what they were trying to do: make a point or add it to credential stuffing or, or uh, information to kind of yeah help with uh, identity theft or, or something. But the fact that they're kind of sitting on it, whoever the collective they are.
1: Yeah, and it's a shame because people affected by this. They don't know when it could come back and bite them, if it ever will, so they have to put those measures in place, even if it you know will never come back to buy them
2: yeah
0: that's the that's the thing about this like there's no expiration date on so much of this data i mean you could make use of this decades into the future and it would still be just as viable as it was the day you collected it uh, you know credit card numbers social security numbers personal identifiable information a lot of this stuff doesn't change over over the years
2: so root what was the reaction from the public about uh, mass hysteria panic <laughs> in the streets
0: uh it was <laughs> you know there was a lot of panic uh, mostly because the data is so sensitive, a person's credit score it can be everything right? it affects your ability to rent an apartment, get a job, insure a car. This was not something to just sort of brush under the rug. you know there was a lot of frustration as to the delay between the discovery of the breach and the public announcement in early September. I mean you know July to September, I think we said earlier it was seventy four days where the attackers had access to this stuff uh, before it even came to light so Equifax stated that the delay was due to the time needed to determine the scope of the intrusion and the large amount of personal data involved, but this seems like a really flimsy excuse. Many picked up on the irony that it's one of the It's one of the places to go if you fear you've been hacked, as Equifax themselves offered credit monitoring services.
4: (laughs) The great irony here is that Equifax is a company that actually sells identity theft protection. And here it is, they've uh, theoretically allowed a huge breach that could trigger a ton of identity theft.
3: Equifax is one of the three big credit reporting agencies. Ironically, it's where people go when they fear they've been hacked.
4: Allison Thompson received a letter from Equifax saying her data may have been compromised and says she still won't be able to trust the company. You pay them to protect you, you pay them to get your credit report, and then they make money by selling your information. And I just think it's kind of disgusting.
0: I never gave Equifax any kind of consent to have my information in the first place.
4: Uh, And so they took my information without without my permission and then were careless with
1: it. I couldn't figure out how this could have happened as careful as I am with my information. There
0: are strangers out there that know who I am, they know my birth date, they know
3: my social security number, and they know specifically where I live. Uh, That scares me.
1: I pictured myself maybe not being able to get loans in the future, having bad credit. The
3: problem is that the social security number is the
0: skeleton key to our identities. And when that's stolen, we're in a position where we're gonna have to be looking over our shoulders for the rest of our lives. So yeah, some customers were shocked to find out they were involved in the scandal as many had no idea the company was hoarding data on them in the first place. Many have pointed attention to the fact that the massive breach occurred even though Equifax had invested millions in sophisticated security measures and ran a dedicated ops center and deployed a suite of expensive anti-intrusion software. So this kind of proves that even highly protected systems can have weaknesses as this feels like a company process and communication problem. Seeing as the effectiveness of that armory was kind of compromised by poor implementation more than anything yeah, else, really. Yeah,
1: kind of comes back to that company culture thing that we were talking about. It's, it's not enough just to have all these you know systems in place and throw millions behind security if you don't have a good communication system in place.
0: Yeah, yeah. You'll hear in this next clip that people were saying that Equifax, quote, deserved to be shamed.
3: That's something legislators vowed to do last fall. Equifax deserves to be shamed. But will Equifax be held accountable? Already, credit agencies face fewer regulations than banks. Congressional Republicans want to further reduce regulations. The company has spent half a million dollars this year lobbying Congress to ease regulations and its liability in data breaches. This was a massive breach affecting most adult consumers in this country. Equifax's response to consumers was wholly
1: inadequate. They need to be held accountable.
3: It's really only when there's actually fines attached that we're going to see the credit bureaus take our data security seriously. Congressman Hurd says Congress should develop a national breach standard.
4: We should be exploring whether there should be penalties for companies not following some of those very basic things.
3: And the fact that Equifax has used you know, data is the new oil, uh, a company that prided itself or sold its services as a way to protect your information, uh, they were very, very sloppy in their cyber protections.
4: The very last thing they care about is the privacy of our information. They don't care about guarding that because they're in the business of selling that. And the more organizations, individuals that they sell our data to, the more money they can make. Congress has failed to act to do anything.
3: Democratic Congresswoman Jan Schakowsky introduced a bill that would notify consumers sooner and protect them longer after a breach. What happened to all those proposals? I would say mainly the reason is, is that
4: corporations, credit reporting agencies are uninterested. Well, let me put it another way. They oppose the idea of having more regulation that would protect the data.
3: I've heard you say it's not a matter of if your credit is compromised, it's a matter of when.
2: Yeah, I still absolutely hate the idea that that they're kind of profiling in the background and everybody just society seems to be okay with this yeah so how were equifax affected by this breach?
1: um so it's not surprising really that the equifax shares dropped by 13 percent in early trading the day after the breach was made public and over the two weeks that followed equifax stock fell by 34.58 percent hundreds of consumers have rightly kind of sued equifax for the data breach some winning small claims cases in excess of $9,000. And on July twenty second, 2019, which is very recent, obviously, uh, Equifax agreed to a settlement with the FTC to alleviate damages to the affected individuals and make changes to avoid similar breaches in the future.
3: Now to your money tonight. And after that major data breach your personal information, Equifax is now paying a record amount. The credit reporting agency now agreeing to pay up to $700 million, in fact, millions, mm-hmm will go to american consumers we
4: vigorously encourage every person who was impacted by the Equifax data breach to apply for the relief that they are entitled to as part of this settlement. The massive settlement will give those affected $25 for each hour spent ensuring information was protected, reimbursement for certain credit monitoring, and 10 years of free credit monitoring going forward. As much as $20,000 to each victim who lost money to
3: identity theft, or even just spent time trying to protect their data in the wake of the breach.
1: Rue you were saying you get your $125 compensation what are you going to do with it
0: I mean it's going to go in the bank and that's going to be like that's it like I already have free credit monitoring. I don't need to I don't need to pay for more credit monitoring services I think I'm you've
1: got it free for life
0: I think I've got it free for life in one way shape or form
1: but yeah I kind of think the impact of the Equifax breach will kind of really echo for years this is certainly one of A few huge data breaches in recent years that really put a spotlight on data privacy and hopefully kind of propelled online security as a more mainstream issue. Millions of consumers now have to live with the worry that hackers, either criminals or spies, kind of hold the keys to their financial identity and could use them at any time to do serious harm. I don't like to end things on a depressing note, but... <laughs>
0: I mean, look, I I sort of assume that anyway. Like, my, all of my information is out there somewhere. And if someone wants to make use of it, it's only a matter of time. So I kind of just sort of take that bleak outlook on life and then... I
2: mean, that that is what I like about adding, like, passwords to stuff. Because at least I can change that, right? At least when, when they use, like, things like social security numbers to log in and, and they're holding that data and it's it's kind of information that you can't really change that that's always quite horrible well that is a depressing note to end on uh, so anna are you gonna cheer us up with what's the phrase
1: i hope so yes so this week we have a portuguese phrase which is feeding the donkey sponge cake feeding the
2: donkey sponge cake all right you you go first rue with it with a serious attempt uh and nothing dirty and then and then i I think i've got this one in the bag (laughs) oh my
0: gosh okay i mean like it sounds like um you know what i wonder if it, it has to do with sort of like wasting your money like you're you're giving you're you're throwing throwing your money
2: away doing something. That oh, just- that was mine as well. I, I definitely thought it was that. Like throwing away something that good that you have. Like f- the donkey doesn't need the sponge cake. Correct. Yes.
1: Yep. You are right on the money. It is. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we win. It is giving special treatment to someone who doesn't need it.
0: Oh, okay, that's a little bit different than what I said then, isn't it? <laughs> It's not right on the money. I didn't get that right. We were given leniency there. We quite a bit of leniency. Oh, my gosh.
1: I just liked it for Rue's reaction. He was so happy when he got one right. <laughs>
2: <No>. <laughs>
1: I'm going to tell him every week now that he's got it right, even when he hasn't. Aww.
2: So I think we should cover the giveaway as well. I think we could keep it going for another week because uh, we haven't had that many <laughs> come in. So please... I'm so happy please use your uh you know (laughs) your surprising review on on twitter and and add a ask one password hashtag i love that we did not get enough entries in this to actually declare a winner (laughs) and
0: i think i love it more that you're doubling down on it that you're like let's try again Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. Just run it for another oh. week.
1: Mm-hmm. People will
2: tweet. It's fine.
0: Yeah.
1: Another great idea, Matt.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, love you guys. This has been fun. Yeah, I love
1: you too. Love you,
0: boo. Bye. 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 Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye.
0: Love you. Bye-bye.
1: It's like my mom when she tries to hang up with me. Love you, Anna. Love, love, love <laughs> you. Love you. Bye. <laughs> bye. Love you. Bye. Mom, let me go, please. Well,
2: my mom just hangs up.